Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, here on webtalkradio.net, and I am so delighted that you are joining me here in my kitchen today. We have a very, very special guest, but before I introduce her, I'd like to just give you a quick little background about Kitchen Chat if you're a new listener. Each week, we have featured guests, uh, many times celebrity chefs, uh, foodies, culinary experts, and people who just love food. This week, we have a very interesting guest. It's not a chef, but a top nutritionist at the National Nutritionist for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I know this isn't a typical topic we discuss here on Kitchen Chat, but I think it's really something important that, that perhaps you, you know, really might be interested in. I think all of us have come into contact with someone we love, we care for, who has been touched by cancer. We've all been touched by cancer in one way, shape, or form. Um, my mom passed away eight years ago from a form of blood cancer, myelodysplasia syndrome, and and I I just um, my heart goes out to to those of you who are caregivers or who are cancer patients. I want you to stay encouraged and also stay healthy through this process. And that is one of the reasons I have on today a very, very special guest whose name is Carolyn. And Carolyn, help me with your last name again. It's it's Lammersfeld. Lammersfeld. Just wanted to get the pronunciation of that correct, Carolyn. Carolyn Lammersfeld. And she is the National Nutritionist for um, Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Welcome to Kitchen Chat. Thank you for having me, Margaret. Oh, this is such a pleasure to have you here. And and there's just so many questions I have, and I know the listeners will, will join me in this as well. Um, but first of all, let's just make um, kind of the connection between uh, the importance of good nutrition and um, preventing cancer and also, uh, I guess, taking care of the cancer survivors after treatments and everything. Are studies showing that there is a direct link to um, cancer and our diet? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, the American Institute for Cancer Research, which is a not-for-profit based out of Washington, D.C., uh, their main mission is actually studying the role diet plays uh, in cancer prevention, treatment, and survivorship. And based on thousands of um, worldwide epidemiological studies, um, their conclusion is that about a third of cancers are actually related to diet and lifestyle, um, you know, it related to what we may be eating that's a prob problem and really more so what we're not eating that can protect us uh, against cancer. 
and and so um, absolutely there there's a direct link and uh, you know a diet for cancer prevention is really the same diet somebody being treated for cancer would want to follow and continue um, when they're done with treatment to prevent uh, a recurrence or another cancer or even another chronic disease. Yes, and I am just so so grateful that Cancer Treatment Center of America (CTCA) uh, through your direction and a lot of involvement I know with some other wonderful chefs and everyone, you have put together a, a wonderful cookbook called Wholesome Temptation. And listeners, we will definitely some some delicious recipes from this great book, but I just want to, you know, further explore um, this relationship uh, between nutrition and cancer prevention and treating cancer. So we'll kind of have a better over um, view of everything and why it is just so important for us to, to follow certain certain guidelines. But but first, I want to, to just really um, recognize uh, Cancer Treatment Center of America, CTCA, and the incredible work they are doing in general. I, um, I know um, Mr. Richard Stevenson, who is the founder of CTCA, and what a visionary he is and a great person who, whose life was touched by cancer um, with the death of his mother from cancer. And he really wanted to try to prevent um, this and, and um, from other people going through this difficult experience. So he is the founder of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which has a great integrative approach. I'm so impressed. I actually had a tour of the Gurney uh, facility, Carolyn, and it's just amazing how integrative everything is in terms of the uh, the state of the art, uh, the tomography, is that what, what was it, it's called, the incredible um, treatment for radiation, and uh, also the great nutrition that goes into it with the, the skilled um, skilled doctors and teams that, that are involved with each patient. So I, I just wanted to mention that and, and recognize the excellent, excellent care that CTCA uh, gives to patients. And, and you have how many hospitals now for CTCA? We have four hospitals and we will, we will be opening a fifth hospital in Noonan, Georgia next year. Wonderful. And, and real quickly, where are the, the hospitals? So our listeners will know. Okay. Yeah, we have a hospital in Zion, Illinois, which is where I am based, um, midway between Chicago and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we have a hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Goodyear, Arizona, which is near Phoenix, and then the fifth one to be Noonan, Georgia next year. Great. And I'm sorry, listeners, I said Gurney. I meant Zion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we used to have a little um, storefront in Gurney, so uh, maybe you saw that too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. But the Zion facility I've I've had a tour of, and it's just so impressive. And I've actually had friends um, who are cancer patients there, and and they're doing they're doing great. So um, I'm just so happy that, that you're located there. Well, let's go back to our discussion. I mean, because this is just key, because you are the national nutritionist for Cancer Treatment Center of America. Um, and you had mentioned this study that's going on by American Institute for Cancer, that they have discovered that a third of cancers are directly related to um, what the person is eating or is not eating. Are there specific types of cancer related to this? 
Yes, um, you know, one of the one of the biggest uh, the American Institute for Cancer Re- uh, Research put a report out in 1997, and then they put an updated report out um, in 2007 with um, really showing that the biggest um, dietary risk factor with almost all cancers, not all, but um, most of the the most common cancers, um, you know, we treat um, or that are prevalent in, in incidence in our country, um, postmenopausal breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, um, to name, you know, some, some of the more common ones are actually um, related to being overweight or obesity, mm-hmm. um, which we, yeah, which we know is a, you know, becoming an epidemic in our society. Um, you know, so not all cancers, but the, the most prevalent ones are the ones that are, um, are related to diet and, you know, with being overweight or obese or excess consumption being, being the biggest risk factor mm-hmm. for, for most of those cancers. Wow. So in a lot of cases then, what I'm kind of reading between the lines is cancer can be preventable in certain cases. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there are there are genetic components and many things we don't know about cancer yet, um, but we are learning again that you know about thirty percent probably could be prevented just with um, lifestyle changes, maintaining, you know, achieving or maintaining a healthy body weight, um, adopting more of a plant based diet, you know, which by um, eliminating some of the animal foods, we're eliminating some of the fats um, that can contribute to excess calories and weight. Um, and, and, you know, with plant-based foods, we're actually adding um, alternatives that have, you know, either less fat or healthier fats. And plant-based foods have hundreds of um, what we call phytochemicals or things that aren't necessarily vitamins and minerals, but compounds that have anti-cancer activity. Um, one of the things we know is cancer can start just by um, a change to the genetic material in, in our cell. Um, mm. You know, we, you know, our DNA, that kind of tells our cells um, when to divide, how to how to divide, when to die off, and and things in our environment and things we eat can actually cause insults to that DNA or the genetic material in our cells and cause them to become dangerous or cancerous. And a lot of the things we eat in a plant based diet, um, you know, these phytochemicals chemicals can actually protect the DNA from those insults. So that's kind of the mechanism of how how diet can protect us uh, against so- cancer. And I love the terminology you give to this, the insults, <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, insult the cell. Um, what, what would be prime examples of what an insult would be in terms of food consumption and, and definitely things, you know, we need to, to try to moderate or, you know, avoid? Well, a couple, couple examples. One, one of the things, um, you know, kind of with the overweight obesity connection, um, when we're carrying extra weight, um, we used to think of fat, fat and fat cells as sort of this in, inactive material in our body. And we know now that, that fat actually acts like an organ and can pump out um, all kinds of um, hormones that can actually, once there's an insult to the cell, um, cause, um, promote that cell, promote um, the cancer process in that cell. Um, one of the things that many women can probably relate to is estrogen. So wow. when you, you know, you, you, your fat cells actually um, store estrogen and can um, raise the estrogen levels in our blood, which we know increases the risk of some 
breast cancers and other um, female-related cancers. Another one, which is something um, not necessarily food-related, but alcohol. Um, alcohol is one. Um, it's certainly toxic to sort of every tissue and cell it touches. But if you're consuming actually, you know, just a little bit of alcohol and not getting enough of one of the B vitamins, folic acid, um, the alcohol can can very easily cause uh, a direct insult or change to that DNA genetic material and start causing the cell to divide um, in a way that promotes cancer. Wow. Oh, this is just fascinating to hear, especially when you said fat acts like an organ. I, I mean, this is this is amazing. It's not inactive. It's it's um, a very active process. Now, you'd mentioned um, B vitamins and folic acid mm-hmm. as being very important, uh, particularly to women, I would assume. Mm-hmm. What types of food do you recommend uh, women include in the diet um, for or daily consumption um, to make sure we get enough of those B vitamins and folic acid or folic um, ingredients? Yeah, one, of, one of the best sources are, um, are leafy green vegetables. Mm-hmm. So, so trying to incorporate at least one serving of leafy green vegetables in the diet um, per day. Orange juice has a considerable amount. Um, what I would tell people if if they if they have a hard time consuming leafy greens or orange juice, to at least make sure they're taking a multivitamin with okay. folic you know folic acid in it. Okay, okay. And is the orange juice itself preferred or the actual orange? You you could do either. Um, okay. Orange juice would just be a little bit more concentrated. Oh, but okay. but it, but it, yeah, an orange would do as well. Okay, okay, that's good. To, good to know. Well, what I'm just so um, interested in in knowing about is what would be, um, I guess, the the ideal menu. Uh, for a typical breakfast, lunch, and dinner for one day, uh, for for those you know, just in terms of general, we will get to the specific application too. But uh, within the wholesome <laughs> temptation book, is is there uh, a certain menu plan for uh, someone who might not have cancer but is uh, wanting to maintain a healthy lifestyle? Um, certainly, I'm, I'm, I have the book in front of me, and uh, I'm looking at um, several different. Uh, we have several different examples in the book that would be good for um, anyone trying to maintain a healthy diet for cancer prevention. So, what, you know, the first sample I'm coming to um, breakfast would be a serving of uh, what we call a fruit and nutty oatmeal. Um, so, again, trying to have a whole grain with breakfast is sort of the idea there. So, any kind of a whole grain. Um, and then there's some fruit and nuts in it, the fruit providing some of those phytochemicals I mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that would be a serving, you know, ideally you want to have five servings at least of fruits and vegetables a day. Um, so adding fruit to the oatmeal or any kind of a whole grain cereal um, would provide one, one towards those five servings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nuts would provide some of the omega-3 fatty acids, which are an anti-inflammatory fat that actually helps the immune system. It's immune enhancing or they're immune enhancing. And then, you know, we pair that up on this particularly with soy milk, um, which is just a, an option for some individuals, but certainly um, low fat or non-fat cow's milk would be fine too for those who tolerate it. And what do you think about coconut milk? I've seen um, 
a lot of uh, cartons popping up at the local yeah. grocery store. Is that something that that's a good alternative, or what are your thoughts about coconut milk? Yeah, I I mean, it tastes good, you know, so from a chef's perspective, it certainly goes a long way as far as um, flavor and texture to dishes. Um, I generally don't recommend it, particularly for um, healthy individuals that aren't having a hard time eating because it, it it is lower in protein than some of the other alternatives and higher in fat and specifically saturated fat, mm. which, you know, certainly is something that can um, increase cholesterol levels from a, a heart health standpoint. Okay. So. Yeah, I generally don't recommend it for healthy individuals that aren't having a hard time eating. Okay. And I also saw, was it like an almond milk or Mm -hmm. something? Is Mm -hmm. that a good alternative as well, or is it kind of in the same category as coconut milk? It's a little better from the the fat and saturated fat standpoint. So certainly for someone who maybe has a... Um, either an intolerance or an allergy to cow's milk. Almond milk is a um, a good alternative for cereals and that. Um, again, it is a little lower in protein. Um, so depending upon how much protein someone is eating um, in a typical day, we tend to focus on protein with people being treated for cancer because their needs are higher and they have a little more challenge eating. But for somebody healthy that, that gets a good amount of protein in a typical day, almond milk would be an okay alternative. Okay. And then with oatmeal, is it like the prepackaged one or do you go to a specific type of oatmeal to prepare? Um, I, I mean, really any kind of oatmeal is okay. Um, we we use um, sort of the, the old-fashioned rolled oats here mm-hmm. and we, we use a brand that is um, gluten you know, gluten-free, so it's been prepared um, where it hasn't been exposed or contaminated with gluten because some of our patients also um, have a gluten intolerance. Um, But you can also do, if you have a little bit more time, um, steel-cut oats. Um, They're they're comparable to rolled oats, um, nutritionally speaking, but they have a little bit more texture. They're chewier, chewier. so for some people, that's a little more satisfying. Right, right. Yeah, for breakfast. Great. So we've gotten this great menu for uh, breakfast. And what would you recommend for lunch? So then uh, on this particular day for lunch, we have a serving um, of black bean quesadillas mm. and and a sweet red pepper tomato chipotle soup with couscous and lime. Wow. <laughs> so sort of a, a soup and a bean quesadilla combination. Oh, um, and- wow. And again, the you know with the quesadilla, we would recommend using a whole wheat tortilla or corn tortilla, so you're getting a serving of whole grain there. Mm-hmm. Um, we we tend to use a lot of or recommend a lot of beans um, as a meat alternative. Uh, again, you're you're getting less saturated and omega six fat, which are uh, um, a little harder um, immune suppressing. So they're not as good for your immune system as the omega three fats. Um, and with the with with the beans, you can get you're getting protein. You're also getting fiber, and at least seven or eight different phytochemicals that have anti-cancer activity. Wow! So this would be within the black beans, then. Yes. The black bean ingredient. Now, yes. now, does someone have to, you know, get the fresh black beans, or can you use the ones in the can? You, yeah, you you can use the one that can. I mean, if you if you have the the the, the time, you know, to to get uh, dry black beans and soak them and cook mm-hmm. them. Um, again, it's it's um, more natural. But the the canned beans really don't lose any of their nutritional value, and you certainly can rinse them to get rid of any added salt or sodium that was you know used as a, a preservative. Um, 
So I myself use the, the canned beans just to save time. Yes, which is very important. <laughs> oh, yes. good. I'm glad to hear uh, that's okay with that. Okay, and then you'd mentioned omega-6 fat. Uh, what do you find omega-6 in? What kind of foods? Well, you actually, most Americans get the majority of omega-6 fat from um processed or convenience foods because it is in corn, safflower, and sunflower oils, uh-huh. which if you start reading labels, you'll see those oils added to a lot of, um, again, processed, packaged, convenience foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also get a little bit um, of the omega-6 fats from meat and some dairy fats. Okay. So really the key is to try to eliminate or reduce the omega-6 because that um, is not a good that you want to, to to lean towards the omega three. Correct. Yes, the, the omega six fats are what we call inflammatory fats. So I think you know most people have heard um, about inflammation, and and there's uh, you know some thought that actually inflammation, chronic inflammation in our bodies also predispose us to cancer. So we say you know inflammatory fats are immune suppressing fats whereas the omega-3 are anti-inflammatory and immune-enhancing. Okay, so it, uh, immune-suppressing, you definitely want to avoid with that. This really sounds delicious with this black bean quesadilla and the soup and chipotle <laughs> for lunch. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, well, and that was kind of the idea, you know, to, to show people that you can eat, you know, very healthy in a way that, you know, either helps protect you from cancer or helps you fight cancer um, without compromising um, taste. Yes. Oh, this is just wonderful. And all of this is in your Wholesome Temptation cookbook. I'll definitely provide a, a link to that listener so you'll know where to, uh, to find these delicious menu options. And so we've gotten through breakfast, lunch, and what's on the menu for dinner? <laughs> yeah, dinner. Um, so dinner, and, and here's sort of showing that you don't have to be, com- you know, go completely vegetarian, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to be healthy. Um, it's a deviled chicken breast with a, a 100% whole wheat roll homemade roll. Um, You can dip that in a little extra virgin olive oil with maybe a tablespoon of Parmesan cheese and some Italian spices uh, mixed in Mm -hmm. and a serving of orange glazed asparagus and steamed carrots. Wow. And what makes a chicken breast doubled? (laughs) What's with that? I'm going to have to find the recipe here. Oh, because it it sounds... uh... (laughs) Very interesting there. And and then with the olive oil, I um, that's great that you can include that with the Parmesan cheese. Well. Yes, it, it adds, adds a little bit of flavor and, mm-hmm. he, again, a little bit of a healthier fat. Um, but the deviled chicken breast, it actually has uh, whole grain breadcrumbs, um, a little bit of white wine, marjoram, salt, pepper, mushrooms, lemon juice, honey mustard, parsley. So probably some familiar ingredients that individuals would use. Um, oh, that sounds really, really good. And and so totaling everything from breakfast, lunch, and dinner, is how many calories would you say that is? And, and is there kind of a, um, a, a game plan in terms of how many calories you should be uh, consuming a day or not consuming a day? Does that tie into everything as well? Certainly, that that particular um, menu, you know, we actually have a snack in there too, but without the snack, is about 1,850 calories. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, um, we designed this book for people being treated 
uh, for cancer who tend to have um, sometimes a little bit higher calorie needs. Yeah. Um, but but for the for the average individual, if if they're at a healthy body weight, um, 1,850 calories might be you know might be okay. Okay. Um, you know, calorie needs are are so variable depending on someone's size and activity level. Um, but a good number of people, you know, on 1,800 calories or so, a little, a little activity would be able to maintain a healthy body weight. Um, if you have a few extra pounds to lose, you know, you might need, you might need to go down um, 14, 1,600 calories, so just a little bit. But you could follow the same menu and just cut the portions a little bit. Right. You know, right. cut cut the portions down by what would that be? Ten or you know, ten or twenty percent. Exactly. Um, now you'd mentioned, um, you know, how important it is to have the five servings of uh, fruits and vegetables. Has this food pyramid uh, changed in any way, or uh, been revised, or, or enhanced through the years, or is it still pretty much the same? Well, it, it actually just did go undergo um, a major revision, which um, we love. <laughs> you know, um, nutritionists, dietitians really like the new healthy platter or healthy plate. Oh. Um, so instead of a, we don't really instead of the pyramid now, um, we actually have a, a plate that that basically shows you what constitutes a, a healthy meal. Where um, you know about half of the plate is. Um, whole grains, actually half to three quarters is whole grains, um, vegetables, and then just a quarter, a small amount is is protein. Um, so it really oh. sort of um, is helping drive home the message to cut down on the animal protein and um, get the majority of your calories from plant-based foods, whole grains, fruits and vegetables, and even beans. Well, that has gone through a major shift. That really yes. has. Yeah, and just this just this past year, and you know, I, I have to say, most nutritionists, dietitians, um, never were very fond of the pyramid. It, it would just <laughs> didn't seem to help too many people implement healthy eating guidelines. And I think this new plate um, is, is a better visual of sort of driving home kind of how you started our conversation of what constitutes a healthy meal. Yes, exactly. Oh, this is just so fascinating. Do you? Um, I think it's okay because it's, for example, both of my daughters are vegetarians, and mm-hmm. um, and it sound what I'm hearing is, you know, that's okay. You know, it's it's these plant based um, diets are are really great. But is there something for for those listeners out there who are vegetarians that they need to make sure uh, is included in? on their healthy plate uh, in order to help prevent cancer and, and just maintain a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing is making sure that um, because there, there, there are vegetarian diets that aren't um, healthy or balanced. Um, I've certainly worked with a number of individuals who um, followed a, a not ideal vegetarian diet, um, but certainly making sure that um, there are plant proteins incorporated into the diet every day. So, so beans, um, you know, if you're not eating any animal foods, most people will need, um, oh, about a cup and a half of beans a day, um, mm-hmm. you know, some type of beans. And so uh, making sure that that's in the diet for protein and making sure that there are plant sources of calcium, you know, because we get the average American gets most of their calcium from dairy products. So mm-hmm. if those aren't part of someone's vegetarian diet, making sure that they're eating several servings of high calcium plant-based foods um, like leafy greens, figs, um, 
your beans actually have some calcium in them too. Um, and then B12. B12 is uh, a vitamin uh, that is hard to get in a, a vegetarian diet. So um, some of the best ways to get that in a completely vegetarian diet with no animal foods would be in foods, plant-based foods that are fortified with B12. So most of our soy milks now have B12 added, um, you know, the almond milk, cereals. So, so making sure you're getting um, foods that have B12 added to them. Okay. Now, this is great. Thank you. I'm definitely going to make sure and call my oldest daughter at college to make sure she's getting her B12 intake. Now, I I love um, the way that this Wholesome Temptation cookbook it is organized and and listeners i just i really encourage you i, I it's just amazing the the things they have in there and 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 also things i did not realize that um a lot of cancer patients face and in terms of a changing of their taste buds at some point and what food might taste good to them and might not taste good for them and so you even include a section in there um for recipes to to meet that stage. Yes, we we when we designed the book, we actually um, divided it in sections based on some of the um, typical challenges that people being treated for cancer have with eating. And and one of the sections is de- definitely addresses, as you mentioned, taste changes, which can be caused by um, the treatments themselves. Um, sometimes it can be caused by a deficiency in a nutrient. And so while we work to improve that, you know, um, uh, providing recipes that that will help with the changes in taste. So we actually call that section spice it up. And um, uh-huh. <laughs> there's some tips, uh, you know, just general tips. Um, you know, I, something that can happen is things taste metallic. So something simple like using plastic utensils instead of metal utensils. Um, marinades work very well. So marinating foods in fruit juices, flavorful salad dressing, sweet and sour sauce, um, using um, a lot of herbs. And even um, we encourage people to use unfamiliar herbs because they, they don't know what they're supposed to taste like. You know, So oh. this is not a time for people to have their favorite foods because it may not live up to their expectation. But trying things where you don't have an expectation of what they're supposed to taste like um, works well during this time. Um, so we have things, um, um, a lot of the recipes in this section will use tomato. Um, tomato um, tends to work well with some of the taste changes. Um, we have like a Moroccan shrimp, which is just loaded with um, different herbs and tomatoes and beans. Um, that's where the deviled chicken breast fits. Oh, um, this, this sounds really delicious. It, it's just some great dishes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think most people would find um, the majority of, I mean, even a recipe in a section for people with taste changes doesn't mean that it wouldn't taste wonderful to someone. In fact, some of these recipes are recipes that our chefs would, you know, make in our dining rooms for caregivers and our employees. So um, they're not exclusively for people that, have taste changes from cancer treatment. We have some chilies in there, some vegetarian chilies. Mm. Oh, this this sounds like a great, great <laughs> book here, A Wholesome Temptation. Uh, and, and I also just want to mention, too, uh, with Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and you can visit the website, uh, www.cancercenter.com, uh, um, 
it, it's just, it really is an integrative and a wholeness approach, if that's a word, to caring for not only the patient, but the caregiver. Uh, the dining facility, I've, I've had the wonderful opportunity to, to eat the food there, and it's not like your typical <laughs> hospital uh, cafeteria by any means. I mean, it's just so fresh, so delicious with, with a lot of options. So I, and, and as I understand, uh, a nutritionist will work with each patient. Is that right? At, at uh, the time of admission to kind of get a sense of, of um, you know, what types of food and menu planning? Absolutely. Um, actually, um, every, every oncologist at our facility has what we call a patient-empowered care team, and that team consists of um, a registered dietitian, a, a naturopathic doctor, a mind-body therapist, physical therapist, pretty much anybody someone um, being treated for cancer might need um, to help them through cancer treatment. So um, patients uh, would have a dietitian evaluate them on their first visit as far as what their nutritional status is, um, what would be recommended from a meal planning supplement standpoint. And then that same dietitian follows them every time they come in to see their oncologist. So they establish a relationship with that person from their first visit all the way um, through survivorship. Oh, and that is just so uh, so key and essential. And, and food can actually become part of the healing process. That is what's so amazing, too. I, I just never thought of food in those terms and just learning more about this book and nutrition and the tie-in to our diet um, to preventing cancer and, and treating cancer. It, it plays a really essential role. In, in terms of nutrition and food, and it might as well taste good. <laughs> That's right. Too. So I'm so delighted that uh, CTCA has come out with this cookbook. I, I hear that you kept on getting requests for, for cookbooks, and um, at last <laughs> there is a product. So I'm just so thrilled to, to hear about this. Um, one other thing, too, um, you'd mentioned about, you know, when, when tastes change. Does taste come back after cancer, or does it permanently change? Yeah, most most of the time it does come back. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it can take um, it can take several months, sometimes up to six months. Um, but mo most of the time, it it does come back um, af after the the treatment is done, and you know, the the body has sort of metabolized all those drugs. It, it usually does come back. Right. That's that's great to that's great to hear. I was just looking at some other um uh dishes that our listeners really might be interested in hearing about. Uh baked chicken with shiitake marsala sauce, <laughs> steamed organic carrots and seasoned penne with olive oil. That just look, that that sounds like something that would come out of a regular cookbook. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, other than some of the, I mean, and even some of the, the shakes and smoothies we have in here, I think most people would enjoy. Um, yeah, these, these are recipes you, you might even see served at some of your best restaurants um, these yes, days. Exactly. And then pan-seared walleye, am I, am I pronouncing that correct, with uh, lemon, organic broccoli, and Himalayan rice pilaf with almonds. Now, what is Himalayan rice pilaf? It, um, Him, it, Himalayan rice is, is sort of um, like a red, crunchy um, 
whole grain rice or more like a brown rice, but it has a definitely has a, a very dark red hue to it, um, a little more crunchy, so a little more texture uh, than sometimes you get from rice. Um, and so it's just another way to, to add whole grains and introduce some variety and color to a dish. Yes. Oh, that that is just great. Now, who came up with these dishes? Were the you did you work with the chefs, or um, how did how did uh, this creative process work for this cookbook? Yeah, it's um, you know as you mentioned, uh, we patients have been requesting this for years. You know, they come here and they spend hours with a dietitian that's educating them on you know how to eat to help minimize side effects during treatment and how to eat when they're done with treatment. So hopefully they don't come back, have to come back for treatment. Um, And then they would taste a lot of the dishes in our dining rooms and say, um, okay, I I, I get it. Uh, This this is good for me. It tastes good. And I want to know how to make this when I go home. So what all of the... All of the dietitians um, from all of our sites worked with the, the all of the chefs at all of our sites, and everyone contributed um, recipes. So a lot of the recipes are from our chefs because they, you know, some of them actually have cooked in their own restaurants. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of experts in this area. Um, mm-hmm. But but many of the recipes also came from our dietitians. Some of our dietitians are actually also trained as chefs, wonderful cooks. Um, and so everybody submitted recipes, and then the recipes went through. Um, there was a, a subgroup of individuals that actually reviewed all the recipes to see if they met um, our criteria that we had spelled out in the beginning of the project. You know, right. it, um, some of the criteria was certainly that it had to have a. Um, you know, we wanted the recipes to have. Um, a plant-based emphasis uh, that they would be less than 30% of calories from fat unless it was from a healthy fat like olive oil or, or fish, you know, the, the omega-3 fat from salmon. Um, we wanted as little possible added sugar um, in the recipes, including the desserts, um, no artificial sweeteners. Um, so the recipes were then um, run through those criteria. And if they didn't meet the criteria, we would send them back to either the chef or the dietitian and ask if they could tweak it in a way where it would um, meet the criteria and still taste good. And in some cases, they were, we were, they were able to do that. And in others, we had to just say, this probably isn't a recipe we want in this book. <laughs> so right. Right. That's, that's the process that went through. And, and we're, very, you know, we're very happy with the final product. We think it, um, it's, it is reflective of what we recommend people eat. And yeah. Yes, and it passes the taste test, which is very important. And uh, listeners, just a couple of other dishes that caught my eye, all-natural barbecue chicken breast, fresh squash squash medley, and curry whole wheat couscous. And there's a recipe of curry whole wheat couscous, which, which just sounds delicious, too. Now, what is near and dear to my heart is dessert. Do you, you had mentioned dessert. Do you include um, some desserts? And what is your favorite one that uh, is definitely one that will satisfy? Oh, boy. Um, there is actually a fruit um, uh, fruit cobbler. Um, it's, it's, um, I believe it's in here as a, a peach cobbler, but it's a, a fruit a cobbler with, you know, again, oatmeal, so a whole grain and um, very little added sugar. That That's probably my favorite because it, it, it tastes like, you know, what you're used to having for a super antioxidant peach blueberry crisp. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it tastes like dessert. It, you know, it's healthy. It's good for you. And you don't, um, 
you don't, you, it doesn't seem like something that's low fat, low sugar. And and is a substitute then oatmeal? Does that seem to be what gives it that taste and and that cobbler <laughs> without yes. the, all the added sugars? Oatmeal then. Yeah, it has oatmeal, whole wheat flour, wheat germ. It does have a little bit of brown sugar, honey, um, almonds, cinnamon, nutmeg. Um, and then the fruit itself. Uh, again, the more you get, the more you cut down on sugar, then after a while you start to actually really taste the fruit. And as you said, the, you know, some of the taste from grains and nuts and spices. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that is great. And and I always hear that blueberry is the great antioxidant uh, fruit. Um, could you explain just a little bit about the importance of blueberry in the diet? Yeah, um, when you look at, um, so there's something called, um, it, the, the abbreviation is ORAC, but it's sort of the oxygen radical absorbance capacity. It's a sort of a fancy name um, for for the antioxidant content of a particular food. Um, and antioxidants being something, again, that can prevent that damage to the genetic material in your cell. Yeah. Um, and, and blueberries is, you know, one of the top seven foods as far as, you know, the high antioxidant content. Um, uh, there's some, you know, preliminary literature suggesting you know, blueberries, the antioxidants in blueberries may protect um, our brains, you know, against um, Alzheimer's, dementia, some of those things. Um, but really, you can get some of the same, some of those same antioxidants from other berries as well, raspberries, strawberries. So we generally recommend people try and incorporate, if they can, close to a cup of berries every day in their diet for that reason. Okay, and in the winter when those fresh berries aren't always easily accessible and in mm-hmm. the areas where it's really cold, uh, would frozen berries suffice? Is that something that you can substitute? Absolutely. I mean, okay. most of the fruit nowadays is flash frozen, so it's you know it's um, sort of the next best thing to to fresh. Um, we'll even, in fact, one of the desserts in the book is a fruit crumb bar using um, sort of a blueberry um, spread, uh, uh, sort of like a blueberry compote. I, um, I, there's, uh, they're all fruit spreads that you can um, get that are sort of like jelly, but with no added sugar. Oh. And some of them actually have, you know, some wild blueberries in them. Wow. But, that's another way potentially to get some berries in the diet as well with dessert. Oh, that that does sound great. And then this Brazilian berry, uh, acai, or how do you pronounce that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, acai. Uh-huh. Acai. That seems to have really jumped on the the plates mm-hmm. and uh, of of Americans here. What what is so wonderful about this specific berry? Yeah, it's it's pretty comparable to um, any berry. Again, like blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, a very you know very concentrated in antioxidants. Okay. Um, I ha- I haven't seen any literature yet to actually say that it's better than those berries. So it's okay. it's sort of another alternative for variety. Um, you know, different different flavor, different variety. I mean, it it is one of those things that's being sort of promoted for all all kinds of health benefits, including weight loss. Um, some of the some of the um, distributors of that have actually gotten in trouble from like the, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission for making claims that they can't substantiate. So, um, you know, it, but it, but it is, um, it is another option um, to, to other berries. Um, I don't know that it's 
that there's any literature yet to say that it's um, sort of the wonder uh, fruit that it's being touted to be, but certainly okay. a, another another alternative exactly. for berries. And, and just to always look at the ORAB, as you call it. <laughs> yes, yeah, the ORAC, yeah. ORAC, yes. The, ORAC, yeah. So yeah, so see. leafy greens are also have a high ORAC score in some of your dried fruits because they're concentrated like apricots and raisins. But you can usually, you know, your listeners can, um, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, or the USDA website, mm-hmm. um, is, is an easy way to, to find some information on ORAC scores of uh, foods. That is very interesting to hear about. Well, I have just learned so much about nutrition and, and diets and and all these um, wonderful terms that I had never heard of until today. And this is just great. And it's all about being at your healthiest and, and giving your body what it needs, not only to fight cancer, if, if you are encountering that right now, but also to help prevent cancer. And, and, and I'm just so grateful that Cancer Treatment Center of America has come out with this new cookbook, and I love the name of it, Wholesome Temptation. <laughs> Who thought of the title for that one? That's a great, great title for the cookbook. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was actually um, a term that uh, one of our executive chefs came up with, um, sort of really described what we were going after, you know, wholesome foods, yes. recipe, diet, but but tempting as far as flavor. Exactly. I love that. Wholesome temptation that these recipes have passed the taste test and such a variety and and discovery of new new foods, new experiences with foods. I am looking forward to trying that Himalayan rice pilaf. <laughs> and uh, just some great, great recommendations of everything. And and thank you so much, Carolyn, for, for sharing with us here on Kitchen Chat today and, and giving us some great guidelines uh, and some wonderful recipes and dishes to to help us myself and listeners um, to, to just have a healthy approach to food and still keep the taste. And I'm just so thankful. That oh, you, it was my pleasure. Oh, this is great. So listeners, I will provide a link on the webtalkradio.net website for Kitchen Chat to Wholesome Temptation, the new cookbook. Uh, released by uh, Cancer Treatment Center of America. I will also provide a link to Cancer Treatment Center of America, cancercenter.com, for some wonderful resources they have available to if if you are going through cancer or know someone who is. Uh, Just a wonderful, wonderful website with great resources for that as well. Well, Carolyn, thank you again, and thank you to the chefs here as well at CTCA for coming out with a great book. And um, listeners, please uh, let me know your thoughts and and uh, look forward to hearing from you and keeping in touch. So as you gather around your kitchen tables through the holidays and through every day, please remember to take the time and savor the day. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in Margaret's books, A Mother's Heart Knows, Pro Girls Encountering Grit, Experiencing Grace, and Go Back and Be Happy, please just click on the covers on the webtalkradio.net page in front of you. 
Margaret would love to connect with you and hear from you. So join her on Twitter, Facebook, her blog, or click on this website to leave a note and share a recipe. Thank you again, and we'll see you here again for a new show next week.